This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chineo Gumake. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, welcome back, good people, to the Destination Debbie program. I am your host of this here thing that we do, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. If you are checking out the content for your very first time on the YouTube channel or you're listening in your car, in your truck, on your way to work, on the bus ride, on the plane, train, wherever, I would appreciate a subscription. Just press that subscribe button so every time new content comes out on the Destination Debbie channel, you'll be alerted to it. And, you know, if you like it and you're watching on YouTube, hit a thumbs up button, rate and review it on the podcast. We'll greatly appreciate the feedback, man. It, it really helps drive traffic to the site, drive traffic to the content and, uh, you know, put it up on the priority list because this is what people need to be listening to because I got y'all, man. I got y'all. But... Oh boy, uh, this is um this is a painful uh, a painful week eight rookie report to talk about. Uh, a lot happened this past week in the NFL. A lot happened. A lot of things are starting to really uh, come to fruition in a bad way. <laughs> in a bad way, and yes, I am not going to bury the lead. These running backs, man. These these running backs, this generational class, you know, we were we were so excited for 2020 for a long time in this fantasy space. And 2020 has not let us down uh, in any way, shape, form or fashion. But when we're talking about these running backs in particular, you know, <sighs> Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, Cam Akers. DeAndre Swift, Keyshawn Vaughn, Joshua Kelly. I mean, dude, I, I really, I really don't know what to say. I, I don't understand what's going on. I, I don't, you know, a, a part of me believes that the the abnormal offseason process, right? They they were drafted, and normally right after the draft, rookies attend a rookie minicamp. They attend a rookie minicamp. That didn't happen because of COVID. They've got 
uh, OTAs. They've got voluntary workouts, involuntary workouts. I mean, we're watching videos of CeeDee Lamb in a backyard the size of mine running routes. I mean, that can't be <laughs> conducive of, you know, top level training for the 1% of athletes in the world, you know, and, and, and I do get that they, they still train. They've got training facilities and things of that nature, but uh, I guess I'm making excuses for the poor play of some of these rookies. Now, I just want to say, I am not panicked to the degree that like it, I'm calling all these guys bust. I'm not going to call Jonathan Taylor, Trent Richardson. I'm not going to call Clyde Edwards, Lair. You know, just a guy. I'm not going to, you know, say Cam Akers is worthless. But right now, I would say just about every one of these rookie running backs that we had rated uh, in our top five has been a disappointment to some degree. Now, we did have a very impressive showing from a player that I talked about two months ago before the season started. I dropped a video that said the best dynamic duo in the NFL will be will be Jonathan not Jonathan, Jonathan and Clyde. I'm just ready to say that will be JK Dobbins and Lamar Jackson. And in that video, go back and check that out. I talked about why I thought, you know, it's not going to be Mahomes and CEH. It wasn't going to be Jonathan Taylor and whoever the Colts draft that quarterback next year, even though Phillip Rivers is playing really good. I, I really believed that JK Dobbins and Lamar Jackson, their skill set matched each other so perfectly. And we got to see this past weekend, J.K. Dobbins ball out, you know, and and he was probably uh, the most impressive rookie that I, I that I got a chance to watch. And he didn't even command, you know, the entire opportunity in that backfield. Lamar Jackson had 16 carries. Gus Edwards had 16 carries. J.K. Dobbins had 15. But on his 15 carries, he averaged 7.5 yards in attempt at a long of 28, 113 rushing yards. Also caught a pass for eight yards. And he just looks explosive. He looks so much better than what Mark Ingram looked like last year. You can tell that he's running with confidence that uh, the scheme, he's not overthinking it. You know, when I'm watching Jonathan Taylor, he just looks like he's overthinking everything, everything. And I get it that Philip Rivers and the coaching staff said he's got, he's dealing with an ankle injury. Is it a high ankle sprain? Is it a, a medium ankle sprain? I don't know what it is, but I do know that he wasn't playing well prior to this past weekend. Like he hasn't been playing well all season. When you're talking about a player who rushed for or had back to back to back 2000 yard, 2000 scrimmage yard seasons at Wisconsin, you know, he was supposed to be the guy that, that came in and, you know, I never, I don't believe I ever called him generational. If I did say that, I was probably high when I said that. I, I didn't mean that. I, I don't believe I ever called him generational, but I definitely thought his production profile, his analytical profile, his testing numbers were right up there with an Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley. I mean, you just look at their numbers on paper and it's hard to say that, you know, a lot of people say, I can tell a lot about a player without watching film. I like to watch film, so I'm going to watch film. But you know, his profile did scream that level of prospect and it just has not come to fruition. And when you look at some of the advanced metrics and the advanced analytics on JT, according to playerprofiler.com, what's concerning is like he's not creating anything on his own. He's not juking anybody out. 13.6 juke rate, juke rate. That's 51st at the running back position. So not even a top 50 guy in making people miss evaded tackles. He's got 16 on the season not even top 30 in the NFL breakaway run rate, 4%, 29th uh, for, for running backs. I mean, he's just, 
He's not yards per touch, 4.7, 36th. True yards per carry, 3.8, 47th in the league. I mean, he's not, and he's just not playing well. He's not playing well. He's not on the field. You know, he's splitting time with Wilkins. He's splitting time. Naheem Hines looks more explosive. It's problematic. And a lot of people have asked me, how concerned are you, Ray, about JT? How concerned are you about this player moving forward? And I'll say right now, a panic meter for 2020 is probably like a seven or an eight. I'm pretty damn concerned for this season about what it's going to look like for Jonathan Taylor. I don't know, folks. I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to play out for the rest of the uh, rest of the year. If he is dealing with an injury, that's not going to help out. That's not going to help his situation. Um, if he's not, and he's just stinking it up, well, I mean, that's not good either. I mean, so I'm pretty damn concerned. Now, we have seen players struggle their first season and then come back and absolutely light it up. Look at Ronald Jones. We wrote him off for dead after his, what, he had 80 yards as a rookie. Comes back, showed really well last year. And although he's not some elite running back, I mean, he's played well enough to to continue to receive carries. He's a trusted running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think he's got a role at this at the NFL as at least the first and second down running back. So uh, we saw the progress that he made. We saw progress from Miles Sanders towards the end of last season. We saw him catch on. We saw that progress from Sanders when Derrick Henry first came into league. Yes, he did have competition from DeMarco Murray, who had over 1,600 total yards from scrimmage in Derrick Henry's rookie season. But that next year, we saw Derrick Henry take a leap forward, outrushing DeMarco Murray on fewer attempts. You know, everything was better across the board except his receptions. And then when he finally got that starting job all to himself in his third season, that's when he blew up and now he's King Derrick Henry. So I, I understand the situations are different, but I say all that to say, I'm not going to close the door or slam the book shut on any of these rookie running backs. But for this season with, with production, when you're talking about if we redid the rookie draft right now, tell me why you wouldn't take James Robinson as the one-on-one player. You know, why, why wouldn't you? I think it's either James Robinson or JK Dobbins at the one-on-one spot followed probably by an Antonio Gibson. And then we'll have the conversation of a Swift, uh, Edwards, E. Lair, a Taylor, a Cam Akers. I think that's where we're at. And, and it's, it's, I, I kind of talked about this with, with my patrons. So I do a bonus podcast for them weekly. And I talked about in that show, um, having this Bayesian approach and being flexible with the information that we communicate to our listeners. You guys listen to the show. You, you tune in to the YouTube channel. You follow me on Twitter because I provide entertaining and actionable content. It's not about me hanging on to a narrative just to say like, Oh, this player's generational or I love this player just because it's, it's, it's not about me. Like, if I'm wrong, I say I, I just admitted James Robinson. I was telling people to sell him for a second, sell him for a third. Like I, t- clearly, that's probably that wasn't the the right advice. At, at looking back on it in hindsight, but this isn't about me being right in my narrative. Um, it's about providing good content and actionable advice for you to dominate your dynasty leagues, for you to make sound decisions. Uh, for your teams to position your rosters to win. And because of that, sometimes you have to just say, shit, I got this one wrong. 
And when you look at Jonathan Taylor, a lot of people got this one wrong. I mean, I really thought he was set up to smash from day one, and that hasn't been the case. And that's the same thing with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, I'm a little less concerned about Edwards-Hilaire because I did say this on multiple occasions. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, their offensive philosophy is centered and will run through for the next 10 years, Patrick Mahomes. Surprise, surprise. It is Patrick Mahomes. It is passing the ball around. It is spreading it out. Them drafting CEH at the end of the first round was nothing but pure luxury. Pure luxury. It was not a necessity. They did not need a grinder running back to help them win a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl with no running back exceeding 500 rushing yards in 2019. They didn't need one. They got Tyreek Hill. They've got Demarcus Robinson. They have McCall Hardman. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Andy Reid. And most importantly, they have Patrick Mahomes. They didn't need a running back. So for all of us who salivated at that landing spot during the draft and throughout the entire offseason, I get it. You know, it's the best offense. We talked about that being the best landing spot for a running back. When in actuality, uh, it probably wasn't. And when you look at this past Sunday versus the Jets and this game was never in question. So, I mean, Mahomes threw the ball 42 times, but Edwards Hilaire, six carries, three receptions. Le'Veon Bell, six carries, three receptions. Le'Veon Bell, three targets. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, three targets. I mean, it was identical workload. Even the long rush of four yards was identical. So, I mean, they, they split work. Daryl Williams is still involved. Darwin Thompson got four carries. It's just. <laughs> They're just going to throw the ball around. And with the way that offense works, if if they're not in a tight battle, they've blown somebody out so early that they're just pulling people off of the field. It's it's sort of just it's one of those things where I am more concerned about JT getting the opportunity and failing. He has failed with his opportunities. He is slamming into the back of offensive linemen. And I'll be dropping a film study on Jonathan Taylor later this week. He just has not looked good. And a part of me thinks, God, I hate doing this because you scout the player. You don't scout the uniform, but I would love to see some advanced stats on how he performed in at Wisconsin. Like how many times did he have to make defenders miss in the backfield? How many times did he have to make people miss in the open field? And I cut up so much JT film. I know I've seen it. I just don't know why it's not translating. And maybe the reason is he's just not as good as we thought he would be. You know, there was a point in time where we said that he's the dynasty RB2 behind CMC or three at worst behind Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Then you go JT and then Clyde is top five. Man, right now, I wouldn't take either of those guys over, of course, McCaffrey, Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. If Aaron Jones gets extended, I'd probably still take Aaron Jones over those guys. You have to think about players like a Miles Sanders. Um, you know, would you take Derrick Henry over one of those players? Would you continue to take Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb? Um, I, I just think they're closer to back end RB1s, high value RB2s at this stage right now. It's just. It's, it's a little disappointing um, with those two players. And, you know, a lot of people are tilting now. I, I sold, I traded Jonathan Taylor in a 12-team dynasty league for two first-round picks. Both of those picks should be top six picks in Cortland Sutton. And I don't feel bad about it whatsoever.
two first and Cortland Sutton for JT. I, I don't regret that deal at all. I would have regretted not making that deal, to be honest with you, because I just, I think we jumped the shark on who and what Jonathan Taylor is, but a player who has been performing so well. And, and you guys, I still think there's an opportunity to get T Higgins, man. I mean, since he really took over um, in week two, his lowest fantasy point outing with 6.5 fantasy points. After that, 21 fantasy points, 13 fantasy points, 10.2, 18.7, 18.8, and 14.4 fantasy points. I mean, he's he's catching the ball 78 yards, 71 yards, 125 yards, 62 yards, 77 yards. T. Higgins is a stud. Love Tyler Boyd next year. This is T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. I mean, he is the new soon-to-be alpha in Cincinnati outstanding player T Higgins it was good to see Jalen Rager get on the field scored a touchdown should have had to got to bring that pass in Jalen but it was good to see him back on the field uh, playing explosive playing fast and I think the sky's the limit for that Philadelphia offense once they get healthy on their up front offensive line and Carson Wentz stops making boneheaded plays Travis Fulgham is here to stay Fulgham and Rager are your top two wide receivers you throw in Dallas Goddard if they can get Zach Ertz back healthy, Miles Sanders back, Boston Scott. That's that's a fun, it's a fun offense. But Rager was back. That was good to see him play. Justin Jefferson was in shackles by Jair Alexander. Three receptions on the on the day for uh, for Jefferson, and they didn't need him. Dalvin Cook ran for a million yards and four TDs, so they didn't need him. Now, I talked about Zach Moss. What, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I talked about Zach Moss. I said, Zach Moss is a player you probably want to get. He's the, he is the running back you want to own in Buffalo. And he did not outrush Devin Singletary. Both had 14 carries, 86 yards for Singletary, 81 yards for Zach Moss. But he got two touchdowns on the ground, which was good. Singletary, only one reception. And problem with the running backs in Buffalo's offense is you've got Josh Allen. So when plays break down, he's not looking to dump the ball off. He's going to take off and run. But Zach Moss, because people are still soured by the entire uh, fantasy industry bashing Zach Moss uh, pre-draft saying that he stunk and wasn't fast and wasn't explosive. And, you know, Matt Kelly on playerprofiler.com has got the Jordan cry face for the actual head of Zach Moss on their player profiler page. But He's the pack you want to own. He's he profiles as more of the traditional running back with the size, um, you know, athleticism wise. He and Singletary are right there. Moss may be a little more explosive than Singletary. So Zach Moss, it was good to see him have such a productive day uh, for Buffalo and still a player I'm very very much interested in acquiring. And DJ Dallas for the Seattle Seahawks, 18 carries, 41 yards. Nothing to write home about, but the fact that he commanded 18 carries in that backfield and also saw five targets, caught all five of those and scored a touchdown through the air, playing in one of the best offenses in the NFL with DK Metcalf just being crazy good. Um, there may be opportunity for DJ Dallas. Uh, I don't know how serious or how long Chris Carson and or Carlos Hyde will be out, but DJ Dallas will be the guy moving forward in that Seattle backfield and give me a piece of that offense. Give me a piece of DJ Dallas, probably a low cost acquisition player right now in dynasty and on your waiver wires in traditional fantasy leagues, as well as Jamichael hasty. The Niners are done. Kittle's out for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably out for the year. Tevin Coleman is hurt again. McKinnon has tired legs. 
Mostert's still on IR. They're done. They're not winning anything. Uh, this is not going to be a good offense. Debo is out. You've got Brandon Ayuk and you've got Jermichael Hasty. So talked about Hasty, I believe, last week as well. Hasty's another player that, you know, what's his long-term dynasty viability? I don't know. I don't know what he is long-term, but right now, this season, he could be, you know, a flex spot for you to help you win a, a couple of games. Now, in that same game where we talked about Jonathan Taylor and his I don't even think I've read his stat line, 11 carries, 22 yards. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, 20 carries, Naeem Hines, five. But we saw Naeem Hines see it, you know, secure three of his five targets for, for two touchdowns. But DeAndre Swift, I mean, Detroit, what? I don't get it. I don't get Matt Patricia. I don't get Detroit. One week, it looks like it's the DeAndre Swift takeover after the bye. And then this week... Uh, although they were down, I get it. Six carries, one freaking yard. He got four targets. Like, throw him the ball. Throw him the ball. You know, Kenny Galladay is out now. He's hurt his hip. So you've got Hawkinson. You've got Marvin Jones. You've got Eamon Dola. Swift was a dynamic pass catcher at Georgia. Utilize him, Patricia. Get him touches. Detroit is three and four. They're not winning the division. They're 0-3 in their division. Like, I mean, they're 0-3 at home. They're not winning their division. Like, see what you've got in the young kid. Let him go. Stop wasting five carries for seven yards for AP. That's just a waste. That's a waste of, of running back opportunities. And then you're targeting him in the receiving. It just, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, so DeAndre Swift, another one of those players, disappointing, yet could be somebody that you can still acquire. And I'm still saying go out and if you can, trade for Cam Akers. And I talked about this as well. Here's the reason, folks. The upcoming running backs next year, uh, outside of like two or three guys, it's just not much. There's not much there in the 2021 class. Now, could there be some deeper late dive gems that you take a shot on and they end up becoming James Robinson? Maybe, but James Robinson, remember, is the outlier, not the norm. So when we're just looking at their the, these prospect profiles at the time of the draft and pre-draft and while we're trading for some of our picks. Right now, if you don't get ETN, if you don't get Najee Harris, Kenneth Gainwell, maybe. If Journey Brown is cleared medically and comes out, Chuba not really there with Chuba anymore. So for me, it's, it's Etienne and, and Harris and then Kenneth Gainwell. If you don't really, you don't land one of those guys, you're up Shit's Creek without a paddle. So I would definitely, definitely be advising, although some of these rookies aren't playing well, if you were banking on retooling your running back spot next season, go out and trade for some of these injured running backs, like a Saquon, like a Nick Chubb, or you get some of these underperforming rookies who haven't done much, like a Cam Akers. Uh, you go out and get JT now that people are tilting. You go out and get Clyde Edwards-Lair that people are tilting. You go out and acquire DeAndre Swift. Like that, that is the best advice that I can give you right now because what's coming in 2021, folks, is not very good. But you know, all all is not lost. This is a very good looking. A class of wide receivers, fantastic group. I know CeeDee Lamb has been hampered by Dallas. They should be in tank mode now. They're thinking about going to Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. Either way, probably not going to bode well for the pass catchers in Big D. 
Uh, but CeeDee Lamb is still still a very, very talented, talented wide receiver and should be much, much better next year with Dak Prescott back at the helm. Uh, Henry Ruggs doing his thing. Rager's back. Jefferson is a stud. Jerry Judy getting more involved in the offense for Denver last week in the quarterbacks. I didn't talk about Burrow, but outstanding performance from Joe Burrow and another good game from Herbert. We saw Herbert throw a couple of interceptions, but the arm talent is undeniable. He is a rock solid quarterback. And I want to end this one today talking about Tua Tungabailoa. Tua was back. Tua was on the field. We got to see Tua play. He didn't need to do much because the Dolphins forced like a thousand turnovers. Jared Goff throwing picks, fumbling the ball. Tua, 12 for 22, 93 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Took a couple of hits, which was good. Got sacked once. That was good. You know, it's good for him to take the hit, get up. The hip is fine. Tua will be good. I'm excited. And again, only, only threw the ball 22 times. So we really didn't get to see what the pass catchers could do. Leading pass catcher was Miles Gaskin with three receptions after that. One for Gasecki, one for Parker, two for Williams. Williams dropped one that traded Isaiah Ford. So we, we really, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a lot to tell, but it was good to see Tua go in there, get a win in his first NFL game, throwing it, throw a touchdown in the NFL because that kid is so talented and battled so much uh, through his career at Alabama. It was fun watching the young gun do that. But I appreciate you guys dropping by on this fine, fantastic Wednesday. We are here. We are live. Everything is good, folks. Relax, breathe. We are here. We are locked in. This is football. Let's let's enjoy what we have. Let's enjoy the rest of the season. And we'll uh we'll we'll gear up for rookie draft season soon. You know I got you covered, man, here at Destination Debbie. If you like the content, please subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast, thumbs up, rate, review, feedback will be much, much appreciated. And if you do want exclusive access to me and the best damn Debbie community in fantasy football, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Come chill with me, get access to the Debbie database. I appreciate y'all dropping by. Y'all have a fantastic Wednesday. And I'll see y'all later this week with some more content. But I'm out of this thing. Peace.